Hey, what's up, guys? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt, Sunday, January 28th, 2018. I'm your host, Quentin, coming to you from the Sweet Bee Studios. And on this week's episode, we brought in Kyle from over at Cubs Live. Find him on Twitter at Cubs underscore live and find him on Facebook, too. He is your number one source for Chicago Cubs news. He will make you sound smarter and look cooler than you ever thought imaginable because he provides up-to-the-minute Cubs stats on both of those social media outlets. So listen to the show and also pay close attention to about minute 26 of this podcast. There is an exclusive blooper and you are sure to love it. But either way, um, we are on You Watch and here is Kyle from Cubs Live. Yo, what's up everybody? This is the greatest show on dirt. Today is Sunday, January 28th maybe. Uh, I'm your host Quentin coming to you from the Sweet Bee Studios and I've got Kyle again from Cubs Live. Kyle, what's up man? Hey, Quentin. Um, happy to be here, man. You know, it's a nice day out here in Wisconsin, about 45 degrees. It's a little windy, though, but uh, it's bearable, you know, for January in Wisconsin. Dude, 45 so. in Wisconsin yeah, in January? You're pretty much in the Bahamas right now, man. Yeah, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's warm for us. It's warm for us. But, you know, we'll take it any single day. Dude, that's awesome. That is phenomenal. All right, man. Well, let's get this thing going. I have... I mean, obviously, me and you are both diehard Cubs fans, and like me doing this podcast, I have neglected Chicago Cubs baseball, so I'm having you on the podcast today, one, because you're awesome, and two, I need you, man. I need you to tell me what's going on with the Chicago Cubs, because I haven't had time like I've wanted to to research it, and I cannot wait till this thing gets going. When do pitchers and catchers report? They're like a couple weeks away, right? Yeah, like the 13th or 14th of February. Dude, I am so, it's, so it's, excited about that, man, especially... Dude, especially with the pitchers, which that's what we've got to talk about, man. All of Cubs Nation, we're all on You Watch. Uh, hashtag You yep. Watch on Twitter, right? <laughs> I am completely yep. out of you, Darvish puns. Like, you have got to be kidding me. You are breaking my heart. Where are you? Like, I've got nothing <laughs> left, man. I have no more puns. Um, exactly. What have you been hearing lately, man? I know you're on Twitter. You know, Cubs Live again. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Cubs underscore live. We're talking up to the minute Cubs news. What are you seeing out there, man? What's going on? Yeah, so there's been a lot of reports that you Darvish was going to sign by the end of the week. Uh, obviously, it's Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock my time, 3 o'clock yours. So, uh, obviously, nothing's, nothing's going on yet, but there's still a lot of time in the day left. Uh, but, yeah, the Cubs basically are in on you Darvish. I think it's, they're, the front, they're the front runner if uh, reports are right. The Cubs, Yankees, Twins, Rangers, Houston, which I'd like to think they're out with their recent addition of Garrett Cole. And there was a mystery team in the mix, and the Milwaukee Brewers, dun, 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 you know, in our division, uh, they're all in on you, Darvish. Uh, and even after all the recent moves Milwaukee has made, you know, adding, adding Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich to their outfield, their owner actually just said today that they're financially set to still add one of the big-name free agents on the market. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's fair to say with all the reports, like I said before, that the Cubs are the front-runner on you, Darvish. And it's been said in the baseball world, he should have a de decision by the end of the week. It's not looking so hot right now, but hopefully, you know, he can come to a decision and hopefully he'll be a Cub by the end of the week. I would imagine he would probably want to play at Wrigley Field instead of Wrigley North. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, of course, actually. Like, oh, go ahead. Actually, um, I know we'll probably talk about this later, but Chris Jimenez signed. He's uh, That's what I was going to just bring up. Kind of, yeah, man, get into that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So just kind of like they signed him earlier this week, and uh, Chris Jimenez actually is you Darvish's favorite catcher to pitch to, and he posted great numbers with him. And all of that and Chris Jimenez just said in a phone interview 
with MLB Network Radio that since signing with the Cubs earlier, uh, he's had probably 10 to 12 conversations. Yes, I read that. So, yeah, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. You know, if something more interesting is, um, I'm not too sure if you know this, but it came out that when you Darvish was with Texas, they had a lot of rules and he was not a fan at all about like having a lot of rules. So, which inclines me to think ties into his decision a little bit. And we all know how it is like to be a cub. Joe Madden's one of the most laid back managers in the game. So if you Darvish were to pick the Cubs, he'd have a lot of freedom and ultimately, you know, just be more happier with the team. You know, hundred oh, uh, percent. I read an article on yeah. sports illustrated. Maybe it was shortly after the world series and it went into kind of maybe what happened with you Darvish in that world series. And there was an excerpt in that article that talked about how you Darvish um, had so much trouble coming to play baseball in a, in the United States because of all those rules, because of the heavy hand of the pitching coach getting involved in his pregame and all of this stuff. Because when he played for the Ham Fighters, he would set up his own pregame, his own plan with his catcher. And you're 100% right. And that excites me on two different levels. One, the Cubs could be getting you Darvish. But two, they're going to get a you Darvish that might look like 2013 you Darvish with 277 strikeouts a sub three ERA a guy that literally has a K rate higher than Nolan Ryan's K rate and you can get that with him coming to Chicago because now you've got his catcher now whether he can dance or not you know he's gonna have big shoes to fill with uh, (laughs) David Ross's but we'll hopefully see his moves you know in a couple of years Um, but you've got the familiarity with that and you've got to believe Anything I've ever heard about you, Darvish, he loves the game of baseball, like loves the game of baseball, and he's a competitor. Combining those two things, like his love for the game, and I would imagine like his desire to rebound from what has just happened and to prove his abilities and to get into a cub system that will let you be you pun intended like Joe Madden exactly. has with guys like Javi Baez and Addie Russell and whoever, you know what I mean? And even really like empowering Jason Hayward to find a spot on the team. Like my brother messaged me a couple days ago, which this is what I was going to ask you. And he's a big Cardinals fan. And he was like, uh, Oh, I just wanted to thank you for taking over Jason Hayward and his $185 million. Like that was some sort of like overpayment, but I'm not of the belief <laughs> that Jason, cause there've been a lot of articles I think recently that are like, Oh, who are, you know, teams worst signings and you know who are the big uh, overpaid guys on every team and Jason Hayward I feel like has been getting a lot of that but in my eyes I don't think Jason Hayward one is an overpaid guy because the Cubs don't win the World Series without him because I'm very much of everyone in the team contributing and I even feel like with the way the Cubs are ran they've empowered Jason Hayward to succeed maybe not in a way that he thought he was going to but to still to really find his voice on the team <laughs> and really make things happen and I love just the Cubs clubhouse for that matter the way they just empower the guys to succeed in their own way and I think it'll be a perfect place for you Darvish yeah I think I think you're absolutely right you know you touched on a lot there but uh, right now for Chicago Cubs baseball, it's an exciting time, especially at Wrigley Field. You know, we got a lot of stuff going outside of the ballpark. We've got a hotel be coming up. You know, we got a lot of other attractions that are there. So it's a great city to be in. Anthony Rizzo has said that it's the best city ever. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially it's golden era Cubs baseball. So if he wants to be a part of history, you know, the door's open. There's a deal on the table. It's ultimately up to him now. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. Now I've got a source. Um, and my source's name is Google. I don't know if you know him or not, but I um, was talking to my source and I read something somewhere today that um, 
there's a pretty decent chance that Jed and Theo might want to sign you Darvish before the weekend's up because all the GMs have to go to Arizona about two weeks ahead of time to start things going. What do you think the chances are that this possibly might happen before today's over? Yeah, I did read that. I know Jed Hoyer talked about it on 670 to score. So, uh, you know, if, if they want to get this deal done, and it kind of fits you Darvish's timetable too. You know, they're going to be leaving soon. You Darvish said by the end of the week. So it is Sunday. So maybe we'll see something later tonight. You know, the Lester deal back in 2014, uh, I think it was December of 2014, or maybe it was November. Uh, that didn't get done till like 1 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. So it was in the wee hours. I know I remember waking up and reading it. And uh, I was pretty jacked. I know we were on the break of getting them, but to get them later in that night. So who knows? Jed and Jen and Theo after hours, we, uh, hopefully they can get it done soon because, yes. uh, I think, I think everyone like you, myself, um, everyone on Twitter, everyone's going nuts this offseason. So, and I think after the U Darvish deal gets done, that a lot of these free agents like Jake Arietta, Alex Cobb, they're, uh, they're going to be signing too. You know, U Darvish kind of will set the bar of what these GMs are going to pay. And then they're going to settle probably after that. So I think U Darvish is probably going to be the most paid pitcher on the market right now yeah and he's worth it you know and I I don't really care about the Tommy John or like the high mileage he might have because he started pitching in Japan at the age of 18 I feel like you've got a guy that's got six or seven pitches the raw talent the way he can spin a baseball I really think that this guy is just an environment away from being what he can be which is a 277 strikeout 200 plus inning guy that you can put on a mound in game one or game two and really get the job done. I really believe that. Um, exactly. But one of the things you know, I'm kind of, ex- Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. I was just going to say, you know, you Darvish is a frontline starter on any team. I don't care who says what yeah. people have to say. He's a frontline starter on any team. You know, he's shown life with that and lived up to it. He's going to be 31 this year, but he has a lot to bring to the table. Like you said, he gets a high number of strikeouts. He's pretty much played his whole life in the AL, and it's a known fact that pitchers are prone to have a higher year rate in the AL. Oh, yeah. And after after the move from the AL to the NL with the Dodgers last half season, he posted a 3.4 year ERA. So maybe yep. he's a better fit in the NL. Who knows? So hopefully he can come over here and uh, you know join this pitching rotation that has prone to be great. So Yeah, and you know, for that exact reason, I think you're going to see a really good Jose Quintana this year. He's had some time to be yeah. around the Cubs players and the coaches, and now he's playing for like a National League team. And I mean, if you look at his previous seasons, he's had five plus war seasons, 320 ERA with 200 plus innings pitched. That all in combination with because I think this year for Kyle Hendricks has to be has the potential to be a monumental year because, you know, it was only a couple of years ago where he won the ERA title. I think he was third in Cy Young voting. And I think he's going to be a guy that's going to take more of that role as well of, um, you know, pitching more innings later into games and things like that. You have the potential to look at a starting rotation that's going to have, oh, my gosh, a really good, consistent Kyle Hendricks that can go longer into games a bounce back from John Lester and then Quintana and you Darvish both hopefully having full seasons in a really good system. It has the potential to have the rotation dominance that they had in 2016. And the more I thought about this with the Cubs winning in 2016 and then just simply needing a break and having like falling on their face in 2017, there's something to be said about a group of guys that can fall on their face and how they're going to be stronger at the end of that. In my head, personally, I think there's a potential that this 2018 Cubs team could be a lot better than the 2016 Cubs team just because of all they've been through, because Kyle Schwarber's Rocky Balboa, and I think they're just getting better. You know, I really do. 
Yeah, and you're exactly right. You know, this young core is only going to get better as years go on. And Kyle Schwarber slimmed up a lot, so expect him to hit 35, 40 homers. He hit 30 last year, and that was considered a down year. Then you talked about the rotation a little bit, you know, having a rotation filled with John Lester, you Darvish possibly, Jose Quintana, Kyle Hendricks, and Tyler Chatwood is a pretty solid rotation. And I'd like to think that it's the only, it's the only better rotation in the league other than Houston. And it's known that pitcher wins games, and maybe you might see a Houston versus Chicago, you know, World Series in the near future. But uh, you kind of talked about Quintana a little bit, and actually MLB did have an article about Quintana, and it named Jose Quintana the most consistent pitcher in the league. Oh, yeah. And we all know Kershaw, uh, we all know, you know, Keiko, we all know, you know, Verlander, we all know those things. But he doesn't miss a lot of the start, a lot of starts usually gets around 32, 33 starts, like you said, which is a lot nowadays considering a lot of, you know, injuries do happen. He gets 200 innings. His ERA has been better in the league than the league average in years past, consistently striking out three to four batters per walk. His, his war is nearly three to five wins per year. So Quintana is a huge part of the success that the Cubs are going to have in 2018. And just like his debut with the Cubs versus Baltimore in, you know, August or July, he dominated. And don't be surprised when he comes out in 2018, pitching like the AC is. You know, he's going to be 29 this year. So I think 14 and 8 with a 3.65 ERA is probably a good projection for him, which mm-hmm. everyone, including myself, you, Cubs Nation, Twitter, would be happy about. And, and, and let me tell you right now, He's like one of the guys in the one, two, or three row. You know, we have we still have John Lester, who obviously didn't have the year he wanted to last year, but I fully believe that he's going to bounce back and have a year like 2016. And we got Kyle Hendricks, who's on the brink of having, you know, another Cy Young year, potential year. So uh, he's just one of those guys that are just going to fit in just like everyone else in the rotation. Yeah, and one of the things that makes Quintana so valuable is, if I'm not mistaken, when he was a young rookie, I think Mark Burley still might have been a Chicago White Sox, and there are a lot of similarities between Burley and Quintana because of just their reliability. You know, I think maybe 10 seasons in a row, Mark Burley pitched 200 innings, and um, I mean, if that's not a projection enough of like who Jose Quintana is as an athlete and the guys that taught him... Uh, that excites me more than anything. But one thing I want to ask you before we jump past you, Darvish, too far. Reports on Twitter say that you, Darvish, wants five years, but maybe the Cubs only want to give him four years. I don't see really anything stopping the Cubs from getting this guy from like a financial perspective. Can you think of anything like financially that could stop the Cubs from moving in on you, Darvish? <laughs> You know, I don't really. If it's, it's, if it's between the four-year or five-year deal, you know, if you're theory, you just got to give them that five-year deal. Uh, you know, the Cubs are set, even with all this Bryce Harper talk about next year, you can't bank on any of that. You can't bank no. on Bryce Harper. And if you do bank on that, it's only going to lead to disaster. You know, the window is now for the Cubs, and Theo has to do what's best for the team. And this year, to put them in the best position to win, I think you Darvish is that guy to add to the rotation. I mean, there's still guys like Jake Arrieta still out there. But as much as I love Jake, as much as you love Jake, as much as everyone loves Jake, I think it's, it's, it's hard not to see the control issues. There's control yeah. issues all over he, he's a very streaky guy. He can, he can walk a guy at four pitches or he can strike him out like 2015. But uh, I think your best bet at this point is to go get you Darvish. If you want to add another frontline starter, which the Cubs are looking to do. Yeah. When I was recording or I was planning a recording yesterday that I did with my buddy, John, and I had watched like 10 minutes of that um, 2015 wild card game where Jake Arrieta pitched in Pittsburgh. And yep. he was 
I didn't realize it, but he was throwing 97 consistently. And I think yep. that's – and him having that 97-mile-an-hour fastball really allowed him to utilize his off-speed stuff. And then once you shave about two to three miles per hour off of that, it's kind of like what you said. That's just glaring in your face of like, man, we love Jake Arrieta, but – you know, without knowing if those tools can rebound, like oh, I love Jake Arrieta as a pitcher. He's one of the funnest, like meanest competitors to watch. And with him, yep. I at least hope that it's kind of like a Verlander esque type drop. Where I think Verlander had one season, maybe three years ago, that was like a four and a half plus ERA, and a lot of guys didn't have a lot of faith in him, which is the reason why he passed through waivers last year. And he ended up rebounding through that. And like my biggest, what I wish right now is I want you Darvish to be a Cub. I really want Jake Arietta to go to the Los Angeles Angels. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't know if L.A. wants to spend that much money. But I would so much enjoy seeing like Mike Trout in a playoff situation because I love Mike Trout as a baseball player. And I think Jake Arietta, if he can rebound from his velocity and control issues, I think he would do so well out there. He would be on another one of those platforms to really lead and help lead a team and lead a pitching staff to hopefully see him in another wild card game. I want him to play in LA just so he can pitch another wild card game. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think everyone in the who's a baseball fan loves loves Mike Trout. What he does for the fans, what he does for the community, oh, yeah. what he does for the baseball world. He puts on a show every single year. He he should be the MVP, but obviously his team hasn't performed like they should. Yeah. But now they got they got Otani. You know, they got some pieces, and they should be pretty decent this year. And if they were to snag Jake Arrieta, Jake Arrieta has a has a really really good postseason resume. So, uh, you know he would be a great fit out there. Like you said, so I, I love Jake Arietta just like anyone else. And uh, like you said, that 2015 wildcard game, I will never forget that game. It's one of the best games the- I've ever watched. It like was. I would compare that to like the Jack Morris, like 10 inning game, like in the 1991 world series. Granted, this was only a wildcard game, but the dominance that you saw, it was just like, and I know like they were chanting like Arietta, like they did Johnny Cueto yeah. in 2013. And like, I know there was a little bit of like Twitter battle, leading up to that yep. game with like Pittsburgh fans and Jake Arietta and he was basically yeah. just like bring it on and like that I love an MLB wildcard game because to me it's like a drag race or it's like it it's like um like a wild wild west like draw like Doc Holiday type thing where like you're just gonna gun him down and man he did it that game and I loved it and I hope I hope he rebounds but I also want to see you Darvish in the Cubs uniform I know we all do man we all do uh Jake Arietta. Man, just going back to that wild card game, it was such a great game. I remember just watching it, and uh, you know when Schwarber hit that homer in the Allegheny River, I, my love for him just grew to another level, and it still does today. But uh, Jake Arrieta was dominant, and then they hit him on purpose. You know, he hit a few of their guys, but it just goes yeah. back to his control issues. Uh, but then they hit Arietta, fight breaks out, and there's a lot of drama in that game. The Cubs got on top and it was just one of those moments in 2015 where you think this team's legit now they got a legit chance in the future to come too so yeah I love that game a lot dude the only thing I can think of with Kyle Schwarber hitting that home run is like the Chris Farley meme that floated all over Twitter that was like in (laughs) a van down by the river and I was like yeah it was so good exactly uh man where could we tackle that I do want to talk about Wilson Contreras a little bit he did say Oh, gosh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago that he wanted to be better than Yachty Molina and Buster Posey. And Yachty or Molina had a real problem with it. I can't understand why that guy has such thin skin. 
Yeah, I don't I don't really know either. You know, Wilson Contreras did say that he wants to be better and he's gonna be better than Yadier Molina and Buster Posey. And why wouldn't he think that? Why are you playing the game if you don't think you're gonna be the best out there, better than your competition, you know, better than the best of better than the best, you know. That's Wilson Contreras' mentality. T killer they call him. You know, he's just that guy that will go out there, give you his all, put his heart on his sleeve, just like just like Javier Baez, you know. A lot of people don't like those two, but they, they give the game a lot of fun, you know. They just, they, you know, Wilson Contreras is, is a force to be reckoned with right now. And he just completed his first major league year, full year in the MLB. So can you imagine what he's going to do next year and oh, the years to come? It's, it's going to be, be so unbelievable. Fun his athleticism is through the roof. His pop time when he throws guys out, because his caught stealing rate isn't that high, but his pitchers yep. are pretty slow to the plate. But like his pop time, his arm down to first base, like when your first baseman is Anthony Rizzo, which is basically like a brick shit house, right? Like I remember Jason yep. Kipnis running into him in game seven and Anthony Rizzo didn't even move and Kipnis went flying. When your yep. first baseman's got to tell you like, hey man, like you're really hurting my hand over here. Like that's one thing. But MLB Network and the Shredder had Wilson Contreras, for the most part, ranked as the third best catcher in all of baseball behind like Gary Sanchez, probably because of his bat and then Buster Posey with his experience and the way he really um, improves a pitcher's ability. That's so much you can't argue with, but I couldn't be more excited for Wilson Contreras because his first full year as a catcher, he he was third in all of baseball wins above replacement among catchers. And that was with him during his hot streak last year. He missed a significant portion of time with that hamstring thing when he was yeah. really heating up. Um, yeah. And, I mean, between well, yeah. him and what he can do in a full season, and then one of the funny things you said earlier was, yeah, Kyle Schwarber hit 30 home runs and had an off year. And I'm thinking in my head, dude, you're right, man. Kyle Schwarber had an awful year and still hit 30 home runs. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, Kyle Schwarber's going to be one of those guys that bounces back and going to have a huge year, uh, you know, just getting more athletic for him as a person and a player is a lot to say about his, you know, his character, who he is, you know, what he wants to do, what he wants to be. And Wilson Contreras, you know, he only played 117 games last year. He's 25. He had 21 homers. Like you said, he missed a lot of time. And before he went out, he had that three-week period where – it seemed like every single day he was hitting bombs or doing something crazy. He had, I think six RBIs a game versus uh, San Francisco. I think it was, yeah. and it was just, yeah, he put on a show, man. And he's only going to get better. You know, he's only going to get better. So right now he's hitting 21 homers. I don't think Yadier Molina hit over 25 in a year for the Cardinals. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And, and, and that's only his offense, his defense to his arm behind the plate is something else. And his passion for the game is another thing too. So you add all the intangibles in there along to go with the stats. The ceiling's so high for this guy. I'm, I'm huge on Wilson Contreras. You know, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I still remember his debut, uh, you know, not, oh, yeah. You know, he comes in, you know, he came in earlier the game before versus the Pirates for, uh, to catch a little bit. The Cubs were up, and he, he caught for a little bit. Then the next night, he comes in, Sunday Night Baseball, got a standing ovation, which, you know, Chris Bryant did. But who's this Wilson Contreras guy everyone was probably thinking? We all know who Chris Bryant was, but who's this Wilson Contreras yeah. guy? They all give him a standing ovation, and boom, he puts on a show. And ever since then, his legacy has only grown, just like Kyle Schwarber's. You know, I knew... I think if there's one guy that Theo were to go out and re-sign for a long contract right now, it's pretty evident it would be Wilson Contreras because Wilson Contreras loves the city just like every other club. But I think Wilson Contreras, for me, it just feels like 
it's the best fit for him and not only Theo to go and sign him for a long-term extension. And, and I knew that last year when he starts going off, I was a big fan of him in 2016, but in 2017, you know, I had him projected to hit the first Cubs homer in the regular season. And he did versus the Cardinals. It was a game time homer in the ninth. They ended up losing that game in extras, but it was a fun game opening night on ESPN. But I ended up getting his uh, authentic jersey because I just love that guy so much. And I really do think he's going to be a huge part of the Cubs' success in the years to come. So, yeah, Wilson Contreras is just a force to be reckoned with, and I'm just glad he's a Cub. Yeah, his intangibles are off the charts. You know, like I think about that game where John Lackey got kicked out of the game for arguing strikes that Wilson Contreras got (laughs) kicked out along with him. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I mean, obviously people thought that was funny, like, because. I love to see John Lackey yell at umpires. It's like my favorite thing ever. But like, I kind of thought like beyond the funniest, the funniness of that moment. And I was like, damn, like you got a catcher who's fighting for his team right there. You know, obviously not to the extent that Anthony Rizzo tried to fight the whole Reds dugout, but there's a certain amount of fire that you see from a player and you're like, man, let's go. Like, wow. Like we're going to do this thing. And that's just honestly like, I, I I love the Chicago Cubs, but I feel like no matter what, I've kind of had an ability to like to do my best to objectively look like at the game as a whole because I do like to talk about all baseball, but like obviously yep. the funnest times I have are like this, right? Talking Chicago Cubs, exactly. But like from an objective standpoint, like this is what the Chicago Cubs pre- create, and you know they have this platform for their players to where their players can really develop these intangibles you know you talk about what you had just mentioned how fun it is to watch guys like Javi Baez and Wilson Contreras because of like how they can change the game so like the way they handle themselves on the field is going to be great and very impactful for the entire game of baseball but man that's how this clubhouse is working right now and that's one of the reasons I think you Darvish will be, you know, the you Darvish that you saw four or five years ago because, pal, he's going to have the space to do it. And they're going to be like, man, you just pitch how you want, you know? And, man, I think that's what he's going to have. And like you said, I couldn't be more excited for 2018. I think I'm going to see – can you ship me some old-style beer? Do you know if that's allowed, man? Because we can't get that down south in Charlotte. Oh, shit. No. But Kyle, man, I am um, beyond excited for the 2018 season. Can you smuggle me some old style beer? Is there a way you can ship it? Because they don't have it in Charlotte, man. Yeah, you know, I'll uh, I'll go down there. I'll go to our you know local liquor store, ship you out some, and just say, hey, look, you know, no questions asked. We're Cubs fans, you know. We, I need to help a brother out. Yeah, dude, because that's like some straight up prohibition stuff, man. Like smuggling beer. Exactly. Like we're gonna need aliases, so you can't ship it to like Quentin McCree. You need to ship it to like Nick Papa Giorgio. I want that to be my name. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But, you know and they do have hams down pressure. here. They just started carrying hams in like local Harris <laughs> Teeter grocery stores. And I know the last time I was in Chicago for the World Series, have you ever been to L and L Tavern? I have not. Dude, I love that bar, man. It's within walking distance at Wrigley, and they say, like, um, like Jeffrey Dahmer and, um, oh, I don't remember the other serial killer who had, like, the clown face on. William, uh, John Wayne Gacy used to hang out at this bar, okay. but it's, like, a cash-only bar where you can get hams 
and old style, and they have two yes. tube televisions on the wall, and it's like the yes. best experience ever. So I went in there like, oh, I believe it. Oh yeah, it was Game Five. Me and my wife went in there to watch uh, the Cubs game, Game Five of the World Series, and dude, it was the best atmosphere to watch a Cubs game because you had like these old school tube TVs, and then you could get an old style or a Hams for like two bucks cash, and it was the greatest thing ever, man. Like it's probably one of the best baseball experiences I've ever had. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Especially in Wrigleyville, too, because the, the atmosphere there, and especially since you said it was during the World Series, it, you know, it's, you can't even put words on it, really. Oh, oh, but hey, what I was going to mention, man, is I think we're coming up to Chicago like the first week of June because the Cubs uh, play the Phillies for a set, and it's like a Wednesday and a Thursday where there's a night game followed by a day game, and I think we might head up there, man. So if you want to try to record somewhere around there, we'll have to plan it out. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll just talk about it later to the date. But uh, yeah, tell me in, man. OK, so let me ask you this, because you're the Cubs live guy. And I'm really interested in what you think about this, because I have to know the Milwaukee Brewers just loaded up on outfielders. So they got Christian Yelich and Lorenzo yep. Cain. Now, I've kind of thought about this a lot. Like if I think the Brewers are going to be a like a much bigger threat in the NL Central than what we think. Um, how do you think yeah. the Cubs staff, how do you think they're looking at this right now? And how do you think the Cubs fare against the Brewers, say? Because last year at the All-Star break, the Cubs were five games back of the Milwaukee Brewers. What do you think it's going to yeah. look like this year come the All-Star break? You know, I think it's safe to say the Brewers are a serious threat. And to finally take them a little serious, I know last year a lot of people think they overachieved. And Jed Hoyer uh, recently said on a, you know, an interview with the score 670 on the radio, he said, you know, if we start making moves just because our opponents did, it's going to end up in disaster. Yeah. So uh, I think they aren't going to make a move just because the Brewers added those guys, but getting you Darvish would be an addition that would finally say something about it. But, you know, I think the Brewers as a standpoint, as a fan standpoint, that they're one frontline starter away to actually be a legit team. They do have a lot of depth in the outfield. They're looking to ship Santana, Brett Phillips for a starter. They've been talking about moving, you know, Ryan Brown to first or second base. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to say that, you know. But Milwaukee did blow a twenty five games twenty five games last year because of their bullpen. And even with the yeah. offensive accusation out to the team, that's not helping the bullpen out. So there's some gray areas still left in this Milwaukee team. Still stuff they might have to cover during, you know, still this offseason. So but they are legit. They're gonna compute compete sorry but uh the cubs are too because i think it's until the cubs lose the division it's their division to lose you know i think the cubs are obviously the front runner in this division but the brewers did make a few statements they they're saying you know look we're done rebuilding and it kind of reminds me of the 2015 team you know the cubs team you know Mm -hmm. they do uh they have a lot of hype around that team and they should you know they have a they have a nice young core and they're going to get better too so it's going to be a lot of competitive baseball in the nl central but the cubs are the front runner and that's Obviously, that's coming from Cubs Live, a uh, guy who's you know living dead, living dead by the Cubs baseball. So, um, yeah. So Cubs, the I ninety four rivalry this year is going to be super fun to watch. Yes, it will be. Now, do you have the hate for Ryan Braun that I do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I do not I like that, that guy with a passion. And you know what? It didn't even it stemmed before the you know steroid accusations or you know accusations or whatever. You know, yeah. I just did not like that guy. There's just something about him. Maybe it was his bug eyes, just looking at the camera or something. I just did not like that guy. And then the steroid, you know, that whole situation only bettered my case. So oh, yeah. I just don't like Ryan Braun. Uh, you know, for them, for the Brewers to move him in the infield is 
it's kind of tricky because when he came up, he did play third base and he had what, like 20, 30 airs in such a little time period. So please Milwaukee, you know, please move him to the infield. Uh, Cubs fans will love that. Yeah, they would for sure. Um, that way, you know, John Lester can put some bunts down and then, uh, Ryan exactly. will just overthrow him. So that's a pretty good thing. Exactly. But yeah. You know, I'm kind of like with, you know, I agree with you on like the brewer standpoint, because like Jimmy Nelson's hurt. I don't think they'll get him back yep. till later in the year. Um, we were talking on the podcast yesterday about the chances that the Brewers would move Domingo Santana possibly over to Boston because Boston needs a little bit of power um, and yeah. whether the Red Sox would be willing to give up like Drew Pomerantz for that, who's a pretty good lefty, but I think definitely yeah. one with the Cubs experience now as they're getting older, that's a guy they could hit. Um, exactly. But and, and you know what? And you know what? I think not to cut you off. Sorry about no. that. But, uh, you know, I think, I think for the Brewers right now, they have the prospects to pull off a trade for a starter yeah. if they don't get one of the free agent mark, market. So I think, you know, another guy to look out for is maybe a Danny Duffy from the Royals. You know, the Royals are a team that are kind of on the verge of another rebuild. Mm-hmm. So they have, it, it would make sense for the Brewers to deal some prospects to the Royals and the Royals send over Danny Duffy again. And obviously, you know, they're close in relation, you know, the front offices are after just making this, uh, the trade seven years back with Lorenzo Cain. So, uh, you know, that wouldn't surprise me either. But the Brewers have some gray areas which they need to fill. fill and I think uh, they're, one, they're one starter away now that, you know, Jimmy Nelson's hurt and uh, going to be out for a little bit, that they're a few starters away from actually being a legit team. But I do think, and I do think as much as this kind of hurts me to say, but I do think they're going to be a wild card team. And I yeah. think they are going to win wild card. Uh, depending on how they play, and if last year wasn't a fluke, and these young guys can perform on a big league, big, big league level, so um, it's going to be fun. And I, and you know what, I like competitive baseball. You know, the Cubs yeah. and Cardinals rivals kind of set to a high tone, but if we can add the Brewers in there too, I know uh, Wrigley North will be rocking this year. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I want Jake Arrieta to go to the Angels because I yeah. want to see them to succeed, and I feel like that would be a good platform just to see some competitive baseball. I don't watch a lot of American league, but just Mike Trout reminds me of like this classic, like Mickey Mantle type athlete. And like, I just kind of yeah. always enjoyed watching him on like, okay, here's the Cubs. But like, he's kind of one of the players outside of that, that I like to see. Um, but I do hope if the Brewers make the wild card, I would love to see the giants in it. I love what San Francisco's doing. I love the yep. fact that they're not selling out kind of like, cause I know right now the players association has filed like a formal complaint with the way that Pittsburgh and Miami spending their money and Pittsburgh fans just lost like their Ryan Sandberg, right? Like another, you know, guy in their system that they sent out to San Francisco, just like they did with Barry Bonds. And I love that San Francisco right now is rebuilding and saying, Hey, give us McCutcheon, give us Evan Longoria. And I hope we see them in a wild card too, because I, I love the competitiveness of it. You know, when teams are like, keep trying to play and fight you know if if the Giants run into the Cubs they're gonna lose but hey they might win a wild card game and they might make it <laughs> who knows you know but uh yeah uh, yeah and I, get and I like McCutcheon I like McCutcheon a lot as a player so absolutely just like Mike oh you know those are guys that you know you love as you know as a baseball fan because they're great players to watch and they're even better people and I'm sure people say that about yeah. Chris Bryant too that like him I think so, so, and another thing and another thing I know we were talking about Milwaukee and I wanted to mention this I just forgot about it but you know Milwaukee does have a deal on the line for you Darvish and with their recent additions for Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich, it kind of, I'm inclined to think that maybe you Darvish did decline their trade, you know, their offer on the deal or on the table for him. 
and David Stearns, the Brewers GM, went out and, you know, they aggressively got two guys to, you know, make some moves this offseason. And that's another thing why they're trying to trade for another starter because they, you Darvish might have declined them and they're looking to fulfill another starter role. So uh, maybe, that, maybe that's the situation too, but that might be far-fetched, but who knows? Uh, that's something that went in my mind and it's something I think that uh, could be taken a little seriously. So I think it uh, yeah, be because I, or, yeah, because there are a lot of question marks about like why would you sign Lorenzo Kane when you have Domingo Santana? But they could know of yeah. a team that's interested in him and say, hey, well, let's get Kane because even though he's thirty-two, he's really productive from an offensive and defensive standpoint. And then at that point, they have too many outfielders, and I think that could possibly be spot on. And it goes back to your point, you know, when you're talking about Chris and you Darvish talking on the phone, like they're not talking about the weather. They're talking about deep dish pizza. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and exactly, um, yeah. I would imagine you Darvish is probably like, hey, you know, what was it like when you met with those guys? What do you feel about the inner workings of the clubhouse? And, yep. uh, ah, and uh, rejected. Jim, <laughs> yeah, Jim and actually did joke around this offseason and it was like, yeah, you know, I talked to you Darvish and we have to be a package deal this, this winter. Absolutely, so, why not? <laughs> Obviously, Jimenez coming over to Chicago only bettered them. It couldn't have, you know, yeah. worse in their case. So, uh, yeah, that's another great addition. And maybe we'll see three catchers again on the team, you know, Contreras, Caratini, and Jimenez. Hey, you know, apparently and Victor a- Caratini was rated a pretty high prospect coming into this year. Um, yeah, he has he has a lot of potential. Yeah. I think with Wilson Contreras, even though he's very young, he's very mature for his age. So I think that Wilson Contreras is a great teammate. You see him on social media, always congratulating his teammates. He's that type of guy. So I think he's going to work with Caratini and kind of transform him into a great backup catcher. And who knows, you know, maybe if he does get in that role and Chris Jimenez is, you know, on this year and he makes the team during camp, that maybe if we need something in, you know, by the all-star break, that Caratini might be a part of a deal. And wouldn't be the worst thing. No, it wouldn't be because it, you know, does two things. Like it gets the Cubs pieces back they can use. Um, and then catchers, a good catcher is so valuable to a team, right? The way they um, yeah. pitch frame, the way they can help dictate the game with like defenses. And, you know, I mean, there's a reason why catchers retire and then they become coaches. They do a lot for a team and they understand the inner workings of it and can, uh, I mean, just make a huge yep. difference. Nothing made me happier than watching David Ross play Cubs yeah. baseball in 2016 and uh, that's just what a coach yeah. can do for a team. Um, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think uh, we'll see, uh, you know, a statue for David Ross coming in. Soon. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Well, Kyle, do you have anything else that we need to cover before? Not we... a whole lot, man. Hopefully you Darvish can settle in with a deal. Hopefully the Cubs, I know we're all praying for Cubs nation is so hopefully he can get a deal soon by tonight. Yeah. And uh, we'll chat in again on different terms and talking about this rotation with you Darvish as a legit possibility. So uh, let's see what happens for that. And uh, other than that, I'm looking forward to 2018. And I think a lot of fans are too. I know 2017, you know, we're kind of on our high still from the world series. And I think rightfully so that a lot of people were had a lot of high expectations, but now that we've seen them, you know, succeed kind of on the lower part on, you know, the beginning of 2017 that we all know what this team's capable of and we're back to get, we want to get back to that 2016 role. Absolutely. I just checked ESPN.com. You Darvish hasn't signed yet. So if I get this uploaded quick enough, <laughs> then yeah. we'll be good. So I've got to upload this thing in like 15 exactly. minutes, man. Um, but other than that, exactly. Kyle, man, we'll let you go. Again, everybody, you can find Kyle 
on Twitter and on Facebook. Twitter, he's at Cubs underscore live. Kyle, man, thank you again for being on the show. These are always the funnest, and I enjoy it, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, Quentin. It's always good to talk about Cubs baseball and even better with a Cubs fan like yourself. So, um, yeah, uh, I know we'll be chatting in, you know, near future. So on, on that note, uh, hopefully we do see a U Darvish sign and the Cubs can go after him. So indeed. Well, thanks for being yeah. on and thanks guys for listening to the greatest show on dirt.